Everything and anything, top to bottom. Thoughts and theories by yours truly, me, Drew. City life to country boy, a golden gal pal to sports enthusiast, spa nights to camping, wine to beer. Yes, it's all rolled up into one. Funny takes on the everyday life as observed and experienced by me. Take a listen. This is the Drew Han Show. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Drew Han Show. It's been quite the holiday season, eh? It kept me away from podcasting, and now the holiday hangover sets in. You know, dealing with the real world again and all the shame ignored during December. You know, things you need, want, and can't do all bubble to the surface right now. But on the bright side, it's tax season now. Hey, hey, hoo-hoo. I have two wonderments that I just noticed about myself today, by the way. Side note. A, I was looking out on the lake and there's an ice shanty out there, an ice shack or whatever you may call it. And way out there, you know what I mean? And I'm kind of observing it and I noticed there's smoke coming off of it. And then I realized, I remembered that people have fires out in their ice shacks. And I'm, I realized, isn't that like a, an oxymoron? You know, like fire on ice. I'm not really sure I understand this concept. (laughs) Is there not a worry that you might melt the ice that you're on? You know, I mean, I'm sure it's not a large fire, but all the same, I'm a tad confused. I'm sure there's a logical explanation for this, but this is what I thought early this morning as I woke up and observed this, this ice shanty out on the ice. Anyways, the second thing is, today I used a coffee maker, a coffee maker, a coffee maker that grinds the coffee for you. I thought, I've been trying to figure out how to use this one coffee maker for a while, and um, it just kind of baffled me, and I, I just couldn't understand how to get it to go. But I, I just looked at where the water went, and it's not really that high convoluted of a machine. But there's this one spot in there, and I read it, and it, it grinds the coffee. I'm like, oh, so there's a coffee grinder built into the machine. And then, so there were fresh coffee beans, so I'm like, why don't I give this a try? So I finally figured out, I, I studied this machine a little bit, And I realize where the water needs to go, and I I know where the coffee needs to go, and I just need to push a button, and it should brew at some point, you know. But the point of this machine is you do a whole one-touch thing. You ground the coffee, and then it goes right into brewing the coffee. So that's why, but I didn't understand this process very well. Anyways, I just, what if you just wanted to grind it? What if you just wanted to brew it? I couldn't figure this out. So I put the coffee beans in, and I decided, you know, I turn it on, and it just instantly starts grinding. So, and it's grinding, it's grinding, it's grinding, it's grinding, it's grinding. I'm like, okay... So then I decide, okay, enough grinding. <laughs> so I, I open it back up and I see the, the, the grounds. I'm like, where'd they go? They're not even in the thing. Like where I had the coffee beans, they were gone. It dawned on me that once it's grinding, it equally sends the, the, the now fresh coffee grounds into the coffee filter automatically. And then, of course, like I said, it would all go on to brew it on its own. I'm like, well, how neat. I can't believe this. This is so cool. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it to go past the grinding stage and into the brewing stage, but you can manually override it, which that was kind of the problem. I had to work through the buttons and figuring that out, but I got her out her. So anyways, those are my two... Uh, little shenanigans of the day at my wonderments of 2017 you know ice shanties and coffee makers who knew they could cause such a debacle in my head huh Ooh, pause while i sip on this coffee i just made today
Okay, so right now, this holiday hangover is being served with frigid temperatures here in Wisconsin. And not just cold. I mean extremely cold, people. I mean, I scream every time I have to go from the car to a building. Not lying. Okay, maybe just a little exaggeration there. But every time there's just a slight whine or whimper as I scamper to a door. It's like, I, the minute I'm in the cold, I'm like, cold, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, 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 That's pretty much what's going on all the way until I get back inside a building or a car. <laughs> and if you have to go to a cold car, it's even worse. I mean, I have, I mean, you're heating up your cars, you know, before you go anywhere, because I, I, I'm not sitting in that cold. We are talking negative temperatures, people. Negative below temperatures. The radio even said that we were the coldest place on earth for a few moments at one point because uh, of our wind chills and even the regular below degrees temperature. And you might think that's a little exaggeration, but actually in Antarctica right now, it is their summer season. So they have seasonally high temperatures where we're having. Currently, like, some seasonal low temps, if you know what I mean. So, anyways, I'm rambling. So, how am I coping with this temperature? Well, today, I'm watching a binge-a-thon of Will and Grace on WeTV. Yeah, that ridiculous channel on cable television. WeTV. Do you know that WeTV stands for Women's Entertainment? And they have Will and Grace binge-a-thons, which is great. But then they also serve up ridiculous shows like reality shows like Marriage Boot Camp. And then binge-a-thons of Law & Order. Like... Really? Women's Entertainment? Law and Order? Not seeing it. The connection, not that women are in Law and Order, but really, I, I, as a gay man, I don't want to watch Law and Order on a women's network. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, they were binging on Will and Grace and on Debbie Reynolds' episodes because she played Grace's mom on the show. Grace, how do you like my new suit? Look, look, look. No panty line because no panties. <laughs> That is one of my all-time favorite lines from Will and & Grace, and of course features Debbie Reynolds. And, if you haven't heard because you're cooped up in some ice shanty on a frozen pond round back in the shepherd's farmland, one Miss Debbie Reynolds has passed away. Yes, sadly she is gone, which is making this holiday hangover even worse. 2016 was not a good year for celebrities, people. So many greats kicked the bucket. I mean, Prince, David Bowie. Gary Shandling, Nancy Reagan, Doris Roberts, Muhammad Ali, Gary Marshall, John Glenn, Alan Thicke, Jaja Gabor, George Michael, Carrie Fisher, and then, of course, Carrie Fisher's mom, Debbie Reynolds. I mean, can you believe the shenanigans that's going on? I mean, the, the tragedy of Carrie Fisher dying, and then two days later, her mom dies, or a day later, or whatever it was. I mean, that's sad. I mean, I kind of felt like that was going to happen, though, when I read the news of Carrie Fisher. I'm like, wow, Debbie can't be much farther behind her. Not that I'm saying Debbie seemed deathly, but, you know, she was getting up there in age. Anyways, I have to also make one other other note. Gary Marshall, I mentioned in that list, for those of you millennials who might not know, and those who just need to know, or would be curious of this fact, Gary Marshall created such shows from the 70s like Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, and Mork and Mindy. And he's also known more currently for directing those celebrity-filled movies like Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, and Mother's Day, which I love those movies. Those are really cool. And we can't go without mentioning, he is director of the forever classic Pretty Woman. I mean, I think that's pretty fantastic. Gary Marshall really was a true Hollywood legend, if you ask me. I mean, there's a lot of people who do a lot of things in Hollywood, but Gary Marshall was a well-rounded, really knew how to capture his audience with his work. I mean, he captured me. So, well done, Gary Marshall, and you will be missed. They're all in the heavens right now, sipping on tea. Mr. Let me talk to her. Let me, let me just talk to her. 
You're Viv, babe. Would you come down here? The sphincter police won't let me through. Okay. She's on her way. Fine. Breaking news. Drew is calling. According to the New York Times, your phone is ringing and Drew is on the phone. He needs to reach you. The reasons for his call are yet to be identified. Stay tuned for more. Well, you're listening to The Drew Han Show, and if you follow the Facebook page, which, if you're not, I highly recommend, you'll get to see interesting tidbits about the show, along with details of stuff heard on the show, like the cat with dreadlocks story. Yeah, did you all see the photo I posted on Facebook page of this? A cat with dreadlocks. Basically, he has tons of matted fur, which gives the cat a dreadlock fur style, but honestly, I say it looks more like an octopus attempting to swallow a cat. (laughs) The story goes that a cat lived with an elderly man who had Alzheimer's disease. The elderly man's family recently moved him into a nursing home when a relative remembered that he had a cat. The story quotes the relative as such. When they put him in the nursing home, I thought, hey, he has a cat. The house was still open, so we went down and left some food for the cat until we figured out what we were going to do. Then somebody mentioned that he had a second cat. So I started searching around, and suddenly this huge creature darts out from under the bed and runs down to the cellar. And I thought, what was that? (laughs) After the relative found the cat, he took it to the animal shelter, where vets were able to, you know, safely shave the matted fur off. The cat had to be put under with general anesthetics in order to shave. This is not much of a shocker to me. My mom takes her cat in to get groomed, and the only way to make this happen is to put paws down. I've mentioned paws on the podcast before, right? You know you know what I'm talking about. One of my audience members, usually. And when we take him to the vet, he gets that little lion look, which is so precious. Um, if you'd like to see pics of paws, I suggest visiting my Tumblr page. It's called In My Face, because it's all about these crazy critters in my life that are just, like, in my face. Um, I'll share the link on Facebook as well to the Tumblr page. Anyways, the reason the cat from this story, named Hidley, probably got so bad was because she was really overweight and that can make it hard for cats to groom themselves Hidley is now doing fine and staying with the elderly man's relative show once again we're moving right along with a holiday hangover edition of the show just light fluffy airy you know everything and anything top to bottom thoughts and theories by yours truly right well so a while back i read a story online and i have wanted to share it on the podcast now's a better time than ever to help ease this holiday hangover it was about a former u.s senator who is now at age 90 getting remarried 
You might think, wow, somebody getting remarried and not that newsworthy. I know, I know. But hold on, as we have some twists coming your way. Okay, I mean, this is a really interesting story. First of all, he is engaged to someone who is nearly 50 years his junior, making that person around 40 years old right now. This is the story of former U.S. Senator Harris Woodford. Harris was previously married for 48 years to Claire, who passed away in 1996. The story comes about as Harris wrote an op-ed article detailing finding second love and is quoted saying, At age 50, I did not imagine that I would fall in love again and remarry. But the past 20 years have made my life a story of two great loves. Now, Harris and Claire had met during World War II, and they had three children together. Harris went on to become a U.S. Senator in 1991. He's also noted for being part of the Kennedy administration, as well as helping found the Peace Corps. Which is, I mean, those are two great notable, three great notable aspects about this gentleman. Anyways, Harris had met his second great love at the age of 70 on the beach. Here's the second big twist, folks. So, this time around, the love was with another man. Yes, Harris met at age 70, Charlton, who was then age 25. Can you believe that? 70 and 25. I'm sorry. Now at ages 90 and 45, they are getting married. I just have to say, can you imagine dating a 70-year-old? I'm 30. And to date a 70 Never. Never. As great as this story is, this part is the why I could never part of the story. You know what I mean? Like 70. Harris also went on to say, We took trips around the country and later to Europe together, becoming great friends. We both felt the immediate spark, and as time went on, we realized that our bond had grown into love. Other than with Claire, I had never felt love blossom this way before. Eventually, Harris would introduce Charlton to his children, who come to welcome him over time. I could imagine that would need to take a little time to embrace. (laughs) Harris said that he doesn't categorize himself by the gender of those he loves. I had a half a century of marriage with a wonderful woman, and now I am lucky for a second time to have found happiness. At age 90, I am lucky to be in an era where the Supreme Court has strengthened what President Obama calls the dignity of marriage by recognizing that matrimony is not based on anyone's sexual nature, choices, or dreams. It's based on love. Isn't that fantastic, though? It's based on love. This op-ed piece was featured in the New York Times, so if you want to look it up, you can just go to the New York Times and search it out. And But I just think it captures the essence of today's world, I think. Yes, the age gap is quite strange, and I may not be able to get past that part. But for a man to have two great loves, one from a woman and one from a man, it shows that love is fluid and can happen at any time. Now, I'm not saying you're going to see me running out and shacking up with some sagging veg, but it's nice to see even older generations can find love in all forms. Our world is a dangerous place these days, but this makes it seem just a little bit more cozy when you read about people like this. How y'all doing? Okay, so it's football season, folks, right? I mean, we are in the end of it now. I mean, we're in the playoffs, and the Packers made the playoffs, you know? It was a hard-fought battle for them to get there, but 
they made it. And now, at the time of this recording, we have the first playoff game of the season, and they're in it. Who knows if they'll win or not. But I am no longer the unlucky charm, folks, okay? It was determined for the longest time that I was not a good good thing for me to be watching pretty much any kind of sport. Anytime I'd watch, the team I was rooting for lost. It was pretty depressing after a while, actually. It was back when the World Series was happening in October, and the Cubs were in it, and I really wanted to watch. Well, the first game I watched, the Cubs lost. And I think I watched the next game, and the Cubs lost, you know, so... I kind of ignored a game, the Cubs won, you know, and I'd try to come back to a game and the Cubs would lose, you know, so I just had to awful, off, you know, just stay off of the World Series, and my friend Katie Cooper, she's talked about a lot in the podcast, you know, said, Drew, do not watch the World Series for everybody's sake, so I had to ignore it, which was so depressing, I really wanted to watch it. Game 7 came around, and yeah, it came down to Game 7, and I was, I couldn't, I still couldn't, I was not allowed to watch it before, Katie said, absolutely not, Drew. <laughs> So, the night of the game, though, I was watching something else on TV, and then I had Katie on my phone through the Haytel app, you know, the voice recording app. She was giving me play-by-play pretty much of the game. So, I couldn't watch, but I could get information from her. So, I said, well, if it gets to the ninth inning, and it looks like the Cubs got this, I think I should be allowed to tune in and listen, you know, or watch, and get these final moments. Well, it kind of came to that. They had a decent lead, and I tuned in. Well, quickly... The Cubs started to, you know, when things weren't going good, and the other team was catching up, and so Katie, Katie sends me a hatel, and she's just like, "Abort! Abort! Get off the channel! Do not watch the series." <laughs> so I had to tune off the World Series. Oh, that was so depressing when that started to happen. Anyways, it came down the Cubs win, and they got that last ball, and I was trying to catch that last moment, but Kate, but but, the, but I was distracted for a moment. The hatel came through. The Cubs just won, and I was like, "Oh, I missed it." So, all in all, I was the unlucky charm for that, and that's what just kind of kept rolling for all sports. Anytime I'd watch the Badgers or the Packers, they were losing. Except, I don't think I was all me. This part of it was focused towards the Packers. So, I was texting my friend Rochelle. Now, we usually go to tailgate at Lambeau Field a couple times a season. We go to other bars and hang out and watch a game a time or two during the season. Well... We haven't had a chance to do that together this year, and uh, normally she'll, she has this Packer tutu that she likes to wear. She, I realized we, through conversation that she has not worn this tutu yet this season, and that maybe that's why the Packers have not lost. We were all, we were both like, huh? So the next Packer game, she wore the tutu. Guess what? The Packers have not lost a single game since she put the tutu on. They ran the table. That was the big thing. Running the table. Can you believe that? It was Rochelle's fault all along, not me. I was not the unlucky charm. So, sorry, girl. Wear that tutu a little bit more often, at least once a season. you got to get things going. Oh, so we just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, at least I did. It wasn't all me anymore as far as the bad luck charm goes. Speaking of which, um, NFL, I just thought this was kind of interesting. I was reading a story about the NFL ratings are down this season. And they're trying to evaluate it, but the NFL is trying to brush it off as nothing, you know, because they don't want to create a big story out of nothing which could be something. They say industry experts have pinned the decline on everything from poor matchups on the field to the availability of highlights on social media to the crackdown on player touchdown celebrations to the outrage over the national anthem protest by Colin Kaepernick to the pres- you know the presidential election and other players and blah, 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 blah. The one thing I have to say in there is the crackdown on, play- on player touchdown celebrations. I don't think that's going to be a reason why people are not watching football. And to me, it would be a reason I'd be more enjoyed to watch football. I think the celebrations on the field are ridiculous. You're being paid money to do that. 
and celebrate at the end of the game, but don't celebrate until you've actually won the game, okay? You scored a touchdown, yay. Now keep that excitement bottled up so you keep playing well on the field. Just my personal opinion. Anyway, so they're analyzing why the NFL ratings are down, and I just had one thought in my head. I have chosen, I have watched a lot less football this season. I mean, life gets in the way, don't get me wrong. Also, the Packers were losing, so I just, I just, I couldn't handle the emotional, I didn't have the capacity to handle all this loss, the disappointment, that's what I'm working for. I couldn't handle the disappointment of the Packers losing, and I don't want to be a Fairweather fan, but I just, with Aaron Rodgers on the team, and you know, they're, they're supposed to be this good team, I just, I couldn't watch it just unravel like it was, you know. So, I mean, I'm always there, and I'll tune back in next season, but this season was shot for me until we figured out the 2-2 situation. Anyways, so, and then it dawned on me, I mean, aside from that, and then just having a little less interest this season and not being so involved with, like, a group of friends who all get together and watch the Packers, it's been a little lackadaisy this season on that. But it also dawned on me that, you know, I think the NFL ratings were huge for these past couple of years, I would say the past seven to eight years, because... If you will look at it, we had an economic depression in our era, and I think football is a great American pastime, and I think it was something that all of us in America enjoy to some degree and could can relate to together on some degree and come together with on some degree. So we couldn't be taking vacations, and we had our financial difficulties, but what we could do is gather at someone's house, at your local pub, and watch the Packer game. We could count on that. And so if you ask me why I think ratings are down. I don't think they're down. I think they were up for a long time because of the the way we came together and watched football. I think we're just not coming together to watch football like we did, and I think it's always going to be this great American tradition, Um, but right now we're at a different point in our lives where, you know, the economy's up a little bit, Um, social media is taking over, and we're a little bit more stressed and pulled thin about things, so coming together for the football games is not at the high priority on our list so we're just not watching it overall as viewers as we used to back when you know we were trying to just stay put basically so anyways that was just my take on reading a story about nfl ratings and i just wanted to share it those are my thoughts blah 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 i don't think i have much more to share with you people i want to say thank you for listening to the drew Han show remember like I said, the Facebook page. Just go to Facebook. It's the Drew Han Show. Just type it in. You'll find it. Like the page. You get all the updates, new episodes, topics on the show, behind the scenes, that sort of thing. So I really highly, highly recommend that. Like I said, I'll put a link to the Tumblr page because it is quite adorable if you're a pet fan. And uh, you can find me on Instagram, the Drew Han Show. You can find me on Twitter, the Drew Han Show. You can find me on Snapchat. Uh, what other social media platforms could you find me on? Hmm, I don't know. I think I've maxed out on them right now. But anyways, uh, I want to hear from you. So if there's anything you want me to hear, hear me. If you have a question for me, you have a, you want a shout out on the show, I'll give you a shout out on the show. Just holler at me, okay? Tell me why you're listening. What you liked about the recent episode, huh? Until next time, uh, stay strong, stay warm, and I'll be seeing you soon. Smooches. Now, I am not saying you're going to see me running out and shacking up with some saggy vag. (laughs) Sorry.
And um, I'll, I'll backtrack to the Packers in a moment, but it was the pl- it was then in the <clears throat> excuse me always burping the podcast. It's good luck. <laughs> 